Warning! The following live webcast might contain content that some people find crude, vulgar, or objectionable. When watching this program, please make sure the room is well lit and do not sit too close to the screen. If you're uptight, easily offended, or lacking a sense of humor, please stop watching right now and leave the internet. Now it's time for Bike Live. many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. Folks at home, folks at home, welcome to Ike Live. Apparently, we're live yeah. right now, and uh, yes, we're live. I'd like to welcome you guys to the show. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Mike's. I'm in, I'm in his seat right now. He's on the road. Ike's uh, Ike's out competing in the Major League Fishing Tournament. Um, so we're wishing him the best. Uh, of course, I think that might be wrapped up by now, and we don't know the outcome of that. We got to keep that hush hush. But um, but he is going to be Skyping in shortly. We've got a great show for you tonight. Mike's going to be Skyping in. He's going to be talking. To, we're going to drag as much as out of him as we can about, uh, about the Major League Fishing. We're going to be talking about the James River, uh, the Bass Open that me and Mike just competed in, as well as having the winner of the James River, Charlie Hartley. I'm so excited to have him on the show. Um, he, he's just one of one of the friendliest, nicest guys out on tour, one of the hardest workers, and in a, in a 20-year career, got his first major win with Bass. I couldn't be happier for him. I'm so excited to share that with him and uh, and hear his story about how he was able to pull off the, a win in that very, very hot, difficult tournament where a lot of guys suffered from heat stress. Myself, <laughs> I think, was on that list. But uh, we're going to be talking with him. Mike's going to be Skyping in, talking about the Ike Foundation, which we had uh, just a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, and um, and it was a really successful event, uh, and we're going to be talking a lot about that and some other things that he's got coming up. And then John Cox, uh, what, what a great deal. Um, an innovator, really, I think, in the way he's winning tournaments out on the FLW Tour, just won the FLW Championship. He's going to be Skyping in live, talking about how he was able to do that, uh, pull that major victory off fishing out of an aluminum boat. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. It's a it's a really great show we got planned for you tonight. So hang in there with us while I sit in the driver's seat, and I'd, and I'd like to... Go around the room and introduce some of the people that are, are here with us on the Ike Live 
show brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box, the greatest subscription tackle box company in the history of the world. And um, to my right, sitting in my seat, looking lovely, uh, is is an Ike and Ellie. So we do have some Ike and Ellie representation in the room tonight. There's one of us here. Hello, Beck. <laughs> Hi there, Pete. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's kind of weird to sit here. How, it's a pretty comfortable this seat. This is way more comfortable than the IM seat. I tell you, folding chair versus this, <laughs> this is the deal. Well, it's. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. And uh, and. When Mike Skypes in, we're going to talk more at length, but I just want to say you did an amazing job with the Ike Foundation. Thank you. I appreciate that, Pete. That was it was I couldn't believe it. You were you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Non stop. Yes. You had your yeah, cool stop. little chartreuse backpack on. Yeah. You could find me that way. <laughs> well that's true. Yeah. That's Although I think I'll change that next year. I don't think I need people to find me that often. <laughs> that was exhausting. It was it was an amazing event. It was a huge event and there were no major hiccups. I mean, it went off without a hitch. It was awesome. There was one very significant hiccup that I won't. Well, I, I, I didn't finish first in the tournament. I was hoping oh, you could I was uh, say, do what? something I know. at the like, scales what? to help me out, you know, being part of the show. I thought you might be able yeah, to Yeah, but out. you know what? Joe Sancho winning was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I stayed with Joe at the James River. And we talked at length about how he won that tournament. Yeah. And I'm um, I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody and uh, you know how That'd he was awesome. able how he was able to win. But we did pretty good. We finished second. I was thrilled to be part of it. Um, one of the, my partner was a customer of mine uh, on a guide customer of mine, and he brought up his uh, his not his grandson but his his grand nephew mm-hmm. uh, that he that traveled up from South Carolina to participate in the tournament. Yep, and yeah. he won the X Mark mower. They won a twelve. That was a nice mower, really nice. Twelve thousand dollar mower. Yeah. I honestly think that might have been the marquee prize. That's know? pretty awesome. Yeah, they just get in that mower and go. You know, the boat is awesome too, obviously, but they had to rig it. Yeah. Know, with the outboard and stuff. We got him taken care of though. Did G- Jim's in good shape. You hooked Jim up. That's awesome. Yeah. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you do. Well, I'm happy to have you here as my co-host, and uh, I appreciate you being here tonight well thank us. you i'll 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 try to do this seat justice uh, I'm, i know you will and i'm, I'm going to go around the rest of the room and where are we going to next we're going into the back room nope we're going on the casting couch we have the lovely bridget allen with us i know yeah. i'm impressed I, he I was going to call her bridget jones bridget, or bridget jones fonda. bridget fonda yeah. just every every bridget, bridget, bridget oh, well there that's you a go good one. that, that would have been a good one i'm down with that but i'm glad you're here with us <laughs> and you're, you're fresh off the james river as well oh it was a tough tournament it was hot 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 unbelievable we had Joe Sancho, who won the Delaware tournament, actually stayed off the water for two days. He had to recover. He had to go to the hospital and get wow. rehydrated. IV. Yep. Yeah. Um, made made the mistake of not drinking enough water. Went and this is interesting for everybody fishing in heat right now. We're still in the dead of summer. Drank more Gatorade than water, and uh, that you know it just it hurt him. You know he couldn't he couldn't get hydrated enough. Too many yeah. electrolytes. Yeah, probably. too many, too much sugar. I too guess much sugar. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But he needed he needed more water and he had to go to the hospital to get it figured out. But uh, it was but hot. It was super hot and the fishing was super tough. The water temperature was in the 90s. Yeah. Some of the water I fished was like 96 degrees. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. And everybody was crawling all over each other down the Chickahominy River. Yeah. You know, trying to. Did you to, go to the Chick? I did. I did. I, I fished. stayed on the James. Did you stay on the James? Yes. No kidding. Yeah. That's great. Well, how was the tournament for you? Um, first day I got five. I had one 
die like a fish penalty, mm-hmm. you know, dead fish penalty, but nothing significant. Like I couldn't get that big bite. Right. You know. It was hard to do. It was hard yeah. to do up the James. Hard to do anywhere in mm-hmm. that tournament. It's the first time I ever fished there on the James River. I've never been down there before. I like. It reminds me of the Delaware. A little bit, yeah. The uh, the James proper. I had. I got the big bite. Oh, you did. I really did, and I totally blew it. Ooh. I had a fish as long as my arm, and it it would have it would have jumped my weight up by six or seven pounds. Is how significant that bite was, and I just Mike, I don't know. I, Mike it did just pretty decent. Didn't there. happen. Didn't happen for me that week. Mike, yeah, Mike did great. He came close to making the cut. Yeah. You know, some steady bags. He's he's always been steady down the James. And a good friend of mine, he was leading day two, a Federation guy, uh, George Young. Is that right? Yeah, he caught 20 pounds, I, I believe, the second day. I remember seeing that. Yeah. That was an amazing catch. Yeah. He he was the only one to break 20 pounds that week, wasn't he? I believe him and Brandon. Is that okay? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, For that was hard pounds. to do. In previous tournaments, we've seen a 20 pound mark, you know, eclipsed a few times, but uh, but yeah, it was pretty. Uh, I was worried with the tie do. up in the chick. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. And who's the guy that won last year? Because he had a 20 pound bag the first day, but then he Chris didn't he zero. Did yeah. he zero the Chris. second day, or only had one fish, or he something? He dropped. Yeah, right. I think he could only get four pounds the second day, but he came in almost with 20 the first. He had 18 yeah. and change. And was dominating the tournament by like two pounds. Yeah. After yeah. day one. And, and day two, the bite gone. Yeah, day two. It, uh, I feel like the tide hurt. came in, it left real fast, and then came in real quick. Well, it's so wind dependent on the Chesapeake. And when that wind blows, and it did blow a little bit on a some days, and when it blows from the south, it stops that outgoing tide from flowing. And the current slows down, and the bite slows down, and it makes it much more challenging to fish, depending on the pattern you're working with. And we, we definitely saw that happen to us. And, yeah. you know, Chris is Chris is really good down there. And, uh, you know, but that um, – I remember when he won last year, he said he never goes – what is it, more than like a couple miles from yeah, the ramp? Yeah, he'll fish mm-hmm. maybe like Appomattox to Osborne. Right. I, like, I don't think he leaves the James. It's my favorite place to fish up there. Yeah. I, I would prefer to fish every tournament there. I just don't have uh, the spots. Maybe he does or the knowledge on how those fish move on those areas. But I practiced there in that same exact stretch. And, and I had some areas, but I didn't feel like I had enough to fish the, the tournament there. For so the whole tournament. I opted to make the run down to the chick because I had seen, saw some of those monster Florida strain fish at practice. And not a lot of them. But a few, like one a day, two a day, that I felt like, man, if I could get two or three of those giants. What was the biggest fish of the tournament? Was it Matt Spar? Didn't he have like a eight, eight pounder eight, or something? Eight seven, I believe. Yeah. That's a was big eight, fish. Seven. Yeah, it's a big bass. Yeah. And that's Virginia. Yeah. You usually don't see weights that big, like a fish that big no, in Virginia. Not at all. Down there, they they catch. They had um, Jacob Prosnick weighed in a ten pounder. Two weeks prior to our tournament, I saw that in the newspaper. Yeah, with a twenty, <laughs> yeah. twenty-five Richmond pound bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had it's a big that, deal. that yeah. priority Toyota tournament yep. or whatever down there, and that was right before the opens. Yep. And I believe they had like 150 boats, and a 10 pounder was caught in that. Right, right. You know. So. Yeah. There, well, they have the Florida strain down there, and it's it's thriving. They fight. You know. Yeah, they, they fight do bass. fight. You and think it, you got like a five pounder? It's like a 12 incher. You're like, what? And they're, they're just so damn temperamental, and that yeah. pisses me off. Me too. You know, sometimes they want to bite, and other times they don't. And I make too much noise for the Florida strain. I've always had trouble with them. And what do you mean by that, Pete? The noise? Yeah. Your electronics? Yeah, just pounding on the trolling motor and making too. I'm just, I'm just like a bull in a china shop in my book. <laughs> I really am. I mean, I, I, and I watch Bash University. And I watch all. Of, I listen to the Florida guys because I struggle in Florida, mm-hmm. and I listen to those guys talk about, you know, how to be quite stealth. Every single one of them puts their trolling motor on three, super low, super slow, like a ninja. Yes, 
I am anti ninja. I'm like a train wreck, man. I like pulling. I, the, you can hear the wheels squeak, screeching when I put the motor in reverse. But then Mike's like that too. He oh yeah, he's hot. he's yeah. so Fast. yeah. Mike's hollering at me during the tournament. There's nothing gentle about that man. <laughs> <laughs> On the water. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, Sorry, folks. Apparently, I'm your comedy relief for tonight. I'll just drink my wine. Well, he, well, I pulled up on Mike. I tried to move in and cut him off a little bit during the tournament on the first day. Was he nice to you? No, he's like, you're making it hard on me, screaming at me. Just, (laughs) just give me the Tommy Biffle the whole the whole morning, making it just making so much noise. Just we're 200 yards apart, and he's screaming at at the top of his lungs. And in the process of that, catches like a three and a half pounder, you know, with all that noise. And here I am sweating noise. So I don't, I don't know who's right. See, who's I don't wrong. agree with this noise thing. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me because we went to find moose. See, I'm going to take this somewhere. Now we went moose hunting in Maine, and they said you have to be very, very quiet so the moose don't run away if they hear you coming. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, I had two screaming children, and we saw like five moose. Wow. <laughs> and the last moose couple call. people hadn't seen any. So I just maybe the moose are like the bass the bass are like the moose and they just yeah. need noise you took the kids moose hunting yeah you did oh yeah i love moose <laughs> so fun that's cool and they screamed and the moose just stood there and stared at us there and he didn't move no not not they, we saw tons of them it was it was incredible did they get threatening they're supposedly very dangerous animals they're huge around. I they're would love to see very moose. large we weren't that close yeah. oh apparently we're digressing <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even introduce them yet they don't know, even exist waiting. yet they're waiting pete they're yep. waiting we, is mike texting move along <laughs> i don't know let's, let's go let's go let's go <laughs> but we're waiting to be a part of the show back here <laughs> are, are, are you up there i don't see the guys up there in the back room of course we got the carpenter uh, a great producer of the show put together another awesome show for us tonight. Uh, appreciate that, bro. I appreciate you being with us and the uh, not so subtle move along cough. <laughs> appreciate you. And of course, the intern Corn Wallace. Corn Wallace. That's what we're going with. John Dave Wallace. John, I'm John now too, huh? <laughs> John, <Dave. laughs> John Tom Dave Tom, Corn Wallace. Happy to be here. This John is Tom. awesome. Happy hey, Brian, did you hit record? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I usually get to sit back there to yeah. say that to him after the introduction. You I, get the, the, the pause. I did just check. A thousand words. No, we're good. Oh, this could, is going to be a fun show. You can see the sweat <laughs> on his brow. But, uh, really so this is the cast and crew for the Ike Live tonight. And um, I just want to thank everybody for being here. We've got a lot of really cool things we're going to be talking about. We're, talk- we're uh, presented by Mystery Tackle Box. Uh, what a great gift. Uh, we're going to be coming up on a holiday soon. Mystery Tackle Box for the fishermen in your family. Ask for it if you want it from your sin- significant other. It's uh, it's a great gift. Every month is like Christmas. You get a, a great tackle box. You can get the, uh, the standard Mystery Tackle Box, and then you can get the upgrade to the Pro Mystery Tackle Box, which is what I get. And a bunch of great bass lures in it. It's got a uh, Rapala uh, scatter wrap in my mystery tackle box. I did, too. And did and are yes, we, I did. Should we open this now? Um, or do we want to come back to this later? I, I don't care. <laughs> Let, let's let Pete get through the intros. But we're going to open that box, and we're going to give away uh, – we're going to have a trivia question later and give away a three-month mystery tackle box we subscription. We got trivia. Oh. And if you're the winner – 
we might even ship you something in the next month or two. Yeah, I don't believe that's true. I still see the Mark Zona deer head out there in the uh, in, in the lobby there. I think it, Mark. It may it's be another couple coming. months. It's coming. <laughs> Brenda was very concerned with shipping taxidermy, and I basically said, just bubble wrap it, box it, and don't tell them. Yeah. So we're just going to ship it. There you go. Sorry. Easy way out. Sorry, UPS. All right. Well, Thank Mark. I don't work for them anymore. <laughs> Mark, you'll see that sometime next year. It's coming. The, uh, we want to thank all of our other sponsors. TH Marine, um, make all the greatest equipment that there is to put on your bass boat. Uh, one, one of the products that I just want to showcase uh, for TH Marine is the Atlas Jack Plate, the hydraulic jack plate that I use every single day that I go fishing. Uh, I fish the upper Chesapeake Bay, which is a very, very shallow water fishery, and, and that tool allows me to get my boat up on pad in, in water as shallow as a foot and a half. It allows me to idle without jamming the skeg into the mud or the rocks, and I can idle through those flats and cover so much water. Not to mention the fact that it pushes my bass cat 80 miles an hour. That's impressive. Hey. It is. It is. Wow. Ver- it is. It is very impressive. So we may need you to slow that down a little bit, Atlas. But uh, it allows me to get the the maximum height and still keep my water pressure, so I can get the absolute maximum performance out of the boat. And Bridget, the big water that we fish, it's a huge That's asset there, being able to trim down or jack it down and keeping that prop wet in those big waves. I bet. And that's one of the, I mean, there's so many assets of the Atlas Hydraulic Jack Plate. Highly recommended as a mandatory, it's mandatory on my boat. Uh, and they make the best uh, hydraulic jack plate in the business. So definitely check out the Atlas Jack Plate pr- provi- uh, presented by TH Marine. Uh, thank you, guys. Flambeau. We love, we love Flambeau. Flambeau. We saw Charlie from Flambeau awesome at the Ike guy. Foundation. Charlie yes. Murphy. He's an awesome guy. He yeah. near killed himself bringing out those 750 I watched him, yeah, yeah. boxes to hand out to kids. Flambeau yeah. is pretty awesome, and the people that they have working there are amazing. They make the greatest tackle boxes. Uh, they've got the rust inhibitor. They've got the kids' tackle box, which they love. Jake just would not let go of his tackle box. He, yeah. he showed up to get his little tackle box. And as soon as we got home that night, he spent at least two hours filling it with, with his lures, you know, making sure everything was He's organized. Yep. Spot. Any yep. of my stuff in there? Yes. Your, your whopper <laughs> plopper is in there. Hey, speaking of Flambeau, I'm, I'm probably going to destroy this, but I think that the, um, the man who started Flambeau – just won an award. I'm going to look that up so we can talk about that later in the show. But I think he just got entered into um, one of Sports Hall of Fame's. Um, so I'm going to look that up. I totally just destroyed that. But I'm going to find <laughs> yeah. that because we'll, it just made me think of that. We'll, we'll get on it. Well, the, the Flambeau is Hall of Fame tackle boxes. Uh, we love them and we appreciate Flambeau. Uh, being part of our program. Uh, the great folks at Liquid Mayhem, I have been using my Liquid Mayhem in this hot water. Um, we use it in the cold water uh, to, to help generate strikes, but I can't tell you how effective it is when in these lethargic hot water fish. Scents are huge, and Liquid Mayhem makes the best scents in the world. So uh, check out the Liquid Mayhem products, and we appreciate it. So what, what, what being, scent do you use in 96-degree temperatures? I, I, Garlic. I, <laughs> well, they, they have they have the garlic scent. The shad scent is what I was using recently, and um, you know that. But it, the the key is that hot water really distributes the scent faster, huh. uh, right? So it, it really gets like it out thinner. there. It, it it gets it out. The fish can detect it better. And and when they're when they're this hot, they feed at night. 
That's the problem. So, you know, you got to do whatever you can. Use every advantage you can to get them to bite. How much of that day. stuff do you put on? I just rub like, like just like a little, just like a little, like on little coating. Yeah. Like a, it depends. Yeah. For me, you know, like I, I like you to. You cast it and comes off on you. I, I apply it liberally. I, I apply. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Like you want to kind of like spray out when it hits the water, so the I, scent's I, everywhere. I put that shit on. Like the helmet. Yeah, liquid mayhem adheres. Yeah, that's what to I'm debate. thinking. Yeah. It adheres to the bait nicely. Yeah. You know, its formula sticks tight to the bait. So I lube it up pretty good when, especially. <laughs> if I'm with Hold on. Hold on. Oh, mark, mark that. Mark that <laughs> moment mark so we can get a clip of that. Yeah. And, and sometimes when I'm fishing, <laughs> I, uh, sometimes I do it too. But um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> when I'm trying to get. Penetration through, through foliage. Where is through the, this going? Through the vegetation. I'm sorry, Liquid Mayhem. You know how much we love you. <laughs> they they love it. They know. They do it too. <laughs> but they. Uh, I was just curious because as you know, I don't get to fish it, that it helps often. You I'm just slip curious. The vegetation when you're trying to get those big profile baits, it helps. I, I that, can't even. There's no point in going on, guys. Like, try Liquid Mayhem. It works. Check it out in the in the hot weather situations. Everyone's These girls want to get now. all sexual. I don't know. I'm just trying to get through the Pete copy. Went there. You're doing great, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, before you move to the next one, um, there's the image of that Flambo product uh, from the foundation from tournament. The, how awesome oh, look is at that? that? And that, that we had a wall around. around the truck, and they were gone at the end. Yeah, everybody was walking around yeah. with tackle boxes. The kids, oh my god, they would get so excited. It was it's free, a, just so everyone knows yeah. who's watching. Those boxes were free to any kid that showed up. So every kid got to pick up a box <clears> and then go to all the different stations, all the different, different sponsors, and get goodies and giveaways. Everything was free. Yeah. And just a, games and fun. It was a lot of fun. The kids yeah. enjoyed it. My son absolutely loved it. He's like, Dad, can I fish a tournament with you next time? You know, he, <laughs> I had a blast helping out. Yeah. I was with the BSU, you know, and Bill and everything. We yeah. had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Bill. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you to Bill Dakota. Yes. Yeah. I, he he went through like oh fifteen shirts. We did. Oh, he's changing constantly. Yeah. I mean, he w- he was so high energy, and in that that ninety eight degree, it was it hot, was hot, humid it, afternoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. I, I don't know how he does it. He's like a hundred years old. Sorry, Bill. And, um, you <laughs> know, Bill. he just brings energy like no other. Yeah. And I don't know how he does yeah. it. He's the greatest MC of all time. He's the greatest MC. Uh, you know, the Bass University MC, and we love him for it. Uh, and and very appreciative of what you did for the Ike Foundation and for Bass University that weekend. Uh, appreciate you being there. But those kids loved it, and Bill's so good with the kids. All the kids walking around yeah. with those tackle boxes. So that was really cool. So the boys at Flambeau, thanks again. And I um, uh, want to thank Hobie Kayaks. Uh, kayak fishing is exploding. Uh, the best in the business is Hobie. Uh, check out their kayaks. They have they have amazing uh, foot control kayak systems that allow you to get into ultra shallow water, total control, um, tremendously great features. I'm out checking Mike's. Uh, Hobie in the garage all the time. It might yeah. not be there next time he comes back. I think I might. Mike's have to actually filming out of his Hobie, the is one that that's right? on the roof. Yep, really? that is coming down this week, and he is filming. He's in Minnesota right now. Minnesota. And then I think he's heading over to Wisconsin. But this week he's going to be with like the Under Armour folks and oh, wow, just doing nice. some new Very going cool. Ike shoots. We've got some exciting going Ike stuff coming next year. So that's awesome. That's all being worked on now as we speak. I wonder. I think they should come out with that brand, like the the Ike. Hobie with the that uh, shark mouth is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, design. Yeah, I think that would be Mike. Mike Pilot hooked that up. Yeah, our buddy good. at VFX. Yep. He, yeah, he he's the greatest 
thanks to the folks at VFX. They just they just uh, put the Bash University truck wrap together. Just went and uh, and saw those guys and just what an amazing job they always do. Yeah, they, they did all our signage, all our all our pamphlets, everything yeah, for us at the Ike Foundation. Right. They wrapped my booth. They did a great job. Yeah, you know. That's a, they are amazing. Yep. And and a big thanks also to James Riley who designed Ike's yeah. logo, the Bash University logo, and was an integral part of putting the Bash University. Uh, a rap project together. Thank you, James. And the and third place winner at the Ike Foundation. And the third place winner and the Lunker yeah. winner. Yeah. Got a four thousand uh, dollar Under Armour pack. Yeah. You know, that's forget, a nice forget, package. Yeah. Forgetting that Lunker. Mm-hmm. He's mad at me for snaking him by a few ounces to to get second place, but he did amazing. Uh, John, he was on John Cruz's team with uh, with a youngster, a sixteen year old. Colin. Yeah. Yeah, Colin Stewart. Yeah. Colin Stewart. And that was an amazing thing that he did. Uh, you know, James invited um, Colin to fish in his boat, you know, without a responsibility of an entry fee. He's only 16 years old. Yep. And uh, Colin's the kid that sunk the boat, right? That, yeah. like, yeah. scooped yeah. out yeah. that last year? Yeah, that's why yeah. I didn't have any money for the entry fee. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to James for bailing him out. And, uh, and what a great job. John Cruz. Um, ran him up and down that river like 60 or 70 miles, and James just did what he did with a Senko. He's a Senko master, and uh, and caught the lunker and and finished third place. That's right, third. And outfished John Cruz. And outfished, yeah, yeah he certainly did. He fished, uh, he outfished John Cruz. Um, but John, you know, was able to go to some of the play. What John did, he took him to the places that he did well in the elite here. Yeah. And the fish were there. Uh, Smart. Did, yeah. If he if he could have had James in the boat with him during the elite, he might have caught a few more. <laughs> Good thing he didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Good thing he didn't. Are there are there sponsors I'm forgetting? There probably are, Brian. I'm I'm good. You're good, Miss Rebecca. Yours. That sounded amazing. All right, let's move on. Whoever we forgot, we're so sorry. We have so many people supporting us and getting wanting to get involved with this program, and we really appreciate that. And uh, it will it will circle back to you for some reason because I'm like a hundred years old now and I can't see without my reading glasses on. So well, Brian can uh, barely see through those eyebrows. Oh, thank you, There we go. Uh, there we go. All right. Oh, does Pete usually not say stuff like that? No, no. Go ahead. No. Go ahead, Beck. Just remember. I'm wearing a towel. Open season. Kit. Yeah, I'm wearing a towel. Um, so you guys, uh, you guys, good? You want me to uh, dial up uh, Charlie Murphy here? Charlie Murphy. <laughs> I'm so excited. Before Charlie even comes on, can I say this? Because we were talking about this earlier. That, say whatever you want. That, that winning an open now is it's huge. You think about how much of that field is pros. That now come to fish the opens to maybe make sure they secure, you know, their classic berth or, you know, make sure they're good to stay in the elites or mm-hmm. what there's so many pros. There's so many local guys that that's their waterway. Like they never leave there. Like yeah. we talk about Chris Dillo. Like there's so many local sticks. So to go out there and to win an open with like anywhere from 170 to 200 plus boats anymore, man, that's amazing. Now, Pete, you've done it. Mike's done it. I mean, it is an amazing feat. It, it, it is harder to win. I, arguably, it could be argued, and I think I, I agree with this argument, it's the hardest tournament to win right now. Yeah. The open. Right? Yeah, because yeah. you've got – The competition is unbelievable. You've got a, a, gr- a big group of the elite pros competing in that tournament. You've got really talented, aspiring elite pros that are battling in there. You've got the top FLW guys 
trying to, like mm-hmm. you said, get their get their spot. Um, it is, and the local the local studs, which are just they're so tough mm-hmm. on their home bodies of water. So to get the win anytime is hard. I think it, I think it's some of the hardest tournaments to win right now yep. is the opens. And here, Charlie, um, the nicest guy in the world, friendliest guy in the world, uh, Hartley goes out and and um, battling these tournaments forever, just crushes the field, just being steady on an incredibly tough tournament, uh, wins wins his first one and he, and gets a classic berth. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Get, returns, returns to the classic. Gets a, gets all those things. Hey, hey, without further ado, I see my good buddy up there on the screen, the 2016 Bassmaster Open champ from the James River, Charlie Harley. Yay! Good job, Charlie. What? Uh, you're right. The fields have definitely changed in the opens. Uh, when we start. Uh, fished those back in the day uh there was only a handful of elite guys there we always called them the pro pros that were there and you know one of the biggest challenges in the opens is the co-anglers that certainly changes the dynamic of your day yeah the well the co-anglers as opposed to what when we used to get paired pro on pro do you remember that I remember pro on pro, uh, you know, that's when I learned a lot about fishing, Pete. We drew out with some of the greatest fishermen in the world, a lot of our peers. I got to fish with uh, Rowan Martin and George Cochran and Jim Bitter, and we used to learn a whole lot about fishing, but we've really been spoiled on the elites without having someone else firing at our fish. So uh, the Opens create a whole nother dynamic. Uh, the fish are so precious in the tournaments anymore that you're always happy for your co angler but we'd all be lying if we wish we didn't catch every one of them that came in the boat that day yeah there's no question that that adds that (laughs) adds and we had even during that registration meeting and you were there uh we had a few co-anglers talking about that how um you know is there a rule (laughs) on where they can cast and where they can't cast uh because you know let's be honest on the james river you're staring your boat right into current a lot of times and it's forcing the co-angler in a very weak position and he's scrambling for whatever target he can get to uh you know so it's it's very that's that's a difficult proposition for the co-angler so a lot of times they they get forced in a position where they're throwing up in front of the boat and cause causing some you know controversy and some trouble there but uh but it's you know as as a pro i always felt like it's our job to catch every fish that's in front of us you know and and that's what we have to do so it's not like i'm trying to compromise anybody in the fishing is that my job is to catch the fish so that's what i try to do every day yeah you know you're you're trying to position the boat to better you not to handicap someone else and sometimes especially in that current it looks like you're blocking them out and I know you, Pete. I know most of us. Our goal is to never keep someone else from a fish. It's to make sure we got every opportunity to catch him. I used to get to uh, pleasure fish some with Denny Brower, and he always laughed about the way I fished. He said, you're more worried you're going to leave one behind than you're going to catch one. And growing up in Ohio, we had to worry about leaving <laughs> one behind. There were only five in the lake, and if you passed one up, you weren't going to weigh a limit. <laughs> wow. That's a good, that, that's tough up there in Ohio. You got some of the toughest rivers, and this is a great question. What's tougher, fishing the Ohio River or the Delaware River? 
Um, with my lack of experience on the Delaware, it was definitely the Delaware. I, I uh, caught a couple of the replays while I was waiting, and Kevin reminded me that he caught one fish in two days at the Delaware River, and I think he could catch more than one in two days at the Ohio River. So uh, to be honest with you, my experience was the Delaware River is tougher, but not based on the weights uh, Becky's husband brought in. When we were. <laughs> it's that tight swing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. everybody up. That, that's the, well, that's certainly the b- big difference between that and the Ohio is that yeah. seven foot tide swing that you had to contend with. But uh, but the, I've been to the Ohio. I know I know what it's like out there. Monahognahelia and and the Allegheny. Those you know those rivers are, are challenging to get them. But it, it, do you think that made you a great angler, Charlie, having to battle those tough conditions all the time? Yes and no. It makes I always say Ohio fishermen are the best fishermen you'll ever meet, but they don't know a lot about catching fish. <laughs> and uh, we are the best tackle tinklers. We are the best. Uh, and did I say tinklers? tinklers. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, uh, we are the be- uh, very good casters, and we are the most optimistic people in the world. But uh, growing up in Ohio, I didn't have any experience with with catching twenty pound bags. It wasn't until I started making some Redman regionals and I got to travel the country and I saw these beautiful reservoirs that were full of fish you know a lot of our lakes aren't even as big as the coves on a lot of the lakes we go to now so uh, it it made me a good fisherman but it didn't make me a very knowledgeable uh, well-traveled or well-round fisherman Uh, we were very good tedious fishermen and you know it fell into my hands at the James that's exactly how I had to fish the James you'd make a thousand pitches a day and about seven times it'd be right everyone thinks fishing's such fast action but out of about a thousand pitches at that hard cover about seven times you'd have an opportunity to catch a fish on a good day maybe a dozen good bites that that was amazing and that that was true i felt the same way i caught a limit every day that's about all i caught every day i didn't call but maybe one times that week that week uh you know and i know everybody was going through even the guys at the top of the board were doing it uh it was it was a tough deal that mental uh side of fishing is is what allows you to be successful in in those tough deals i and i saw you interviewed on stage and you said something that impacted me and you said uh, fishing is is a wonder. It's exciting. I never know what's going to happen. It's out there to me every day. I love it. You've been doing this a long time, Charlie. To have that kind of pure, yeah, pure positivity after you've been through the ringer, like all of us have so many times, and yet you still are so optimistic, still so positive. That that's awesome. Uh, dude, uh, uh, if if I can uh, phrase it correctly, I always say fishing is wonderful. It's full of wonder. And I know that sounds uh, uh, like Peter Pan and pixie dust, but that's one of the ways I get through. <laughs> that's how we live. I get through being Charlie Hartley. I don't get a lot of victories. I don't get a lot of top tens. But I love to fish, Pete. And I'd go fishing every day whether there was money on the line or not. And uh, when you catch a fish in a tournament, it's even more exciting than when you're just goofing around. And that's why I enter tournaments. And every once in a while, I catch too many, and they move me up to a bigger circuit. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing you know, you'll be in the elites. Watch out. Watch what you wish for. But uh, I just love to fish, Pete. I felt like the luckiest guy in the world getting to drive down to the James River to even get to do that. And to drive back from the James River with a trophy, I even felt luckier. Um, 
Uh, I really enjoy fishing. There's not uh, many times in my life I can clear this crazy mind of mine, but when I have a fish on the line for a few moments there, there's nothing else going on in the world but me and that fish, and that's a pretty peaceful feeling. That's, that's, that's a, a good feeling. That's yeah. a, that's exceptional that you, you feel that way. And I want to bring you back to a moment that you and I shared together. And it was it was Ooh. honestly it was one of the uh, one of the most I meaningful. Feel the same way. Well, it was one of the most meaningful experiences <laughs> I've had in professional fishing is when it's lonely when you win. <laughs> it's it, right. It, it's like you're in the top ten. You, you Mike's fortunate. He travels with his family. Some of the guys do. But a lot of us, like myself, I'm always traveling by myself. So when you make the cut, your whole house empties. That, the people you're staying with, yeah. your room Old empties. Buddies leave. Yeah. yeah, they're they're heading home to their families, and you've got this opportunity to win. And 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 then every once in a while, you get that W. And you're all by yourself. You you have you don't have anybody to have a drink with, have a celebration with. On Lake Champlain in a FLW tournament, um, we were staying at Marine Village Cottages, and I Charlie made the cut, and I won the tournament, and um, I had this cool trophy, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? And I went back to Marine Village Cottages, and there's Charlie and Tracy, yeah. uh, still there. And I'm like, you know, do you want to get together, you know, tonight, just have a beer or something? And they invited me to their cabin, and I had the best meal I ever we had made, in my we life. Made him, we made him go get the trophy <laughs> so we could eat with the trophy. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Like eating with the Oscar. Yeah, that, that, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and Tracy made the best meal I've ever eaten. What it was it was leftover Kentucky fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Oh, I love Kentucky fried chicken. Yay, Tracy! There goes the spoils. Yes. Yeah, it, it was so awesome. We had a couple cold beers. We ate, we ate that, you know, warmed up leftover chicken. I told Charlie's story, and Charlie was like, you were so passionate and interested in what happened to me and how I won. And I was so excited because I, I had somebody to share that with. So I want to thank you and Tracy for that. Uh, that was awesome. To thank me. Uh, we, uh, I made the, t- the cut in that tournament, too. So I, it was a happy night for me, and it was so much fun to share that with you. And uh, I, I've been at all three of your wins, buddy. I was there when you won at uh, uh, Lake Martin, and I gave you a ride down to the meeting at uh, Cayuga when you won. That's so, right. That's right. We've been doing this a long awesome. time. And, wow. Uh, you guys have uh, good juju together. Yeah. I'm telling you. I think we got to start staying <laughs> yeah. a little closer I there, know. Charlie. Your, your husband's good luck to me. I, we shared a lot of water at the James, and it seems like whenever Mike and I run into each other, uh, I do pretty well. It's it's probably one of the few times I'm around some fish. I don't run into Kevin very often. Uh, I realized that a couple of years ago. After all my years of fishing, where does Kevin Van Dam fish? I, I never see him. That tells me how, how good I am at locating fish. And we usually have a really good tournament. And uh, I wish he was here. I was going to joke that I've never been interviewed by a guy that I fought it out on the same water with. Uh, the second day we ran into each other so many times that one of the times I came up on him in between two docks and was no waking from dock to dock, and I almost ran into his boat, and we both looked at each other and just started laughing because uh, <laughs> we knew we weren't fishing those spots because – 
I was fishing him and I wasn't fishing him because he was fishing him. We know each other well enough that we were fishing him because fish were there. And we were just laughing at the fact that we were both dialed in. So, and, uh, uh, honestly, you wish no one found your same fish. So I'm happy when anyone's sharing fish with me, but I'm especially not happy when it's Mike Iconelli. (laughs) And I don't want to fish behind him, but I'll tell you what, he probably helped me win the tournament because after the second day, not only had I pounded that water, I knew one of the greatest fishermen in the world had pounded that water. So it's real easy for me to go to fresh water. So thank you, Mike. Wow, that was awesome, <laughs> Charlie. Mm. Yeah, that was a great story. And, yeah. I, and I heard you say that on stage, and I heard Dudley give you credit uh, for saying that you made the smartest decision that he failed to make. And Dudley is a super champion; he's won all the big ones, mm-hmm. and he failed to make that decision. But that was great how Mike helped influence you to make that decision. So, so take us through that, right? You and this, you won this tournament, right? You were steady. You never hit it out of the park. I won that tournament, Pete. I won that tournament. You won. <laughs> you crushed it. You crushed it by by being steady and by making that hard call to go new to new water. What what did you do on on day three? How how did that day roll out for you? I. Uh, Man, I'll talk about the whole tournament if we got time. The uh, day one was so great, Pete. It was one of those days you dream about. I went right to them, caught them, and every place I went after that, I bettered my bag, and I even left early. You know, it was one of those days like timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, day two, uh, Mr. Iconelli got there ahead of me, and uh, timing was not perfect. I struggled all day, and uh, luckily had one good fish, one five-pound-plus fish, and that was my worst day. I had 11-7, and uh, that really uh, made it simple for me to decide not to go back to that marina or to any of that hard cover that Mike and I had been pounding. Um, so I went to Fred. Waypoints. They were fresh waypoints to me. They were places I'd gotten bit in practice, but they were not in my top ten list. Uh, but they moved up to my top ten list just because I hadn't scraped all the wood off the side of the pilings there yet. And uh, really frustrated with myself the, the third morning, I blew like my first five opportunities. And I thought, here you've made the good decision to go to fresh water, and now half of it isn't fresh anymore. You just burned five fish. Um, and after all that work, I finally put one in the boat that was 12 and an eighth inches. I thought after two hours of hard work, look at that. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just slowly got better. It was never a day I felt like was going my way. It was never a day I felt I had a chance to win a tournament. Um, matter of fact, my best fish the third day was one of those gut calls, Pete, that, that we uh, you know, one of those instinctual things, I was running to another set of docks and there was a cypress tree sticking out by itself. And it said, if you don't stop and flip at me, you're an idiot. And I was almost an idiot, but I let <laughs> off the gas just in time and hit the power poles. And that ribbon tail worm no more hit the knee of that cypress. And I caught my best one of the day. And that was fish number two. And that really helped me out. I needed that to happen right there. And my brain was going to a bad place. And uh, 
I slowly upgraded all day. Next thing I know, well, I didn't upgrade. I got five, and then uh, I started upgrading. And all these little things have to go right in a tournament. I, I never realized how many things got to go right to win. Um, the last time I got, the last two times I got into the well to call, I had a fish that was belly up. And my co-angler said, you got one belly up. And I go, I know I do, but he's too big to call yet. There's nothing I can do about it. And I caught that last good one, and I opened that live well, and there was no doubt in my mind that last fish was stiff as a board. Pete, we fished long enough. We know what a dead fish looks like. And I reached in there and put my thumb in that dead fish's mouth, and she wiggled like a little girl, <laughs> like a small miracle. And I got to call her out. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's good. Well, that it, and you're right. Things had to go your way, and they did. And what I really loved about your win is – uh, is the bait you were using. I mean, getting old school with a seven inch ribbon tail worm. Where did that come from? Uh, that I always carry that on tidal water, Pete. I've won a lot of money on that worm when I uh, almost beat Skeet at the Potomac. It was on that worm. I have a second place finish in an ever start on that worm at the Potomac. I catch fish on that worm on the California Delta and on the Louisiana Delta. Um, Whenever I get on tidal water, that big fat ribbon tail worm has served me well. I call it my crab worm. Whenever I see crab in the water, I think of that worm. Um, it's It has a lot to do with the way it comes through that tidal current. You're very familiar with it. I learned it uh, with the lay downs in Nanjamoy Creek down there at Potomac. I'd put that worm through those lay downs and let the current carry it away, and then you bring it back up to the lay down in the current, and it seems like the second it breaks free of whatever it's around, whether it be a piling, whether it be a barge, whether it be a piece of concrete, it's when that worm breaks free around that current current break it comes past them horizontally in a in a in a way they're used to seeing bait and mm. whenever i'm on tidal water that thing has served me well with a very light weight it comes by them horizontally in the current wow i gotta add that to my arsenal charlie i never throw that on the tidal don't, river you don't stuff. need to throw that Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well let me ask you this um uh, barnacles were all over down there at the Chick. How, yeah. Did you have any break loss, or how were you yeah. rigging to get around that scenario? No, I, you just deal with them. You know, that year I came in second at the Everstart. I'd have won that tournament if it wasn't for barnacles. The first day I got all of them in, and you don't even remember the ones you lost. And the second day, every single one got eaten by barnacles. It was it was one of the most frustrating days I've ever spent on the water. A dozen good fish. Mm. I tried everything different, different line, not pulling as hard, not going through the barnacles. It didn't matter. It was one of those days I was going to lose every one. But a lot of fish, I, I had a sunken barge there in the Chickahominy that fed me well all three days. I think one of my big ones came off it every day, and it was covered in barnacles. And a couple of them were down in the middle of the barge, like trying to bring a grouper out of a old reef. And uh, Wow. Everything's just got to go right, Pete, in a tournament, and it did. They, they'd come out of there and head to open water, and I'd grab them. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, were you using fluoro? Were you go, yes, did you go I to braid? 20-pound fluoro, and, uh, you know, fluoro, 
it has so many shortcomings. Sometimes I wonder why we mess with that stuff, daggone it. it uh, <laughs> I guarantee you we get more bites, cause, or at least we believe we get more bites, because it is invisible to them. But it is not user-friendly on a reel. It has no no forgiveness if it it cracks it doesn't break it cracks and uh, i just got lucky there's so many times you don't even get a bow of the rod on fluorocarbon it's like someone cut it with a pair of scissors mm -hmm. that's the worst feeling in the world when you know you've got a fish on the other end of the line and you don't get to drive a hook into him that just kills a fisherman after all that work Man, that is absolutely the truth. It's yeah. so it's so disheartening, and and we deal with them in the tidal waters, the barnacles, and then zebra mussels. We got to contend with up north. Mm -hmm. uh, zebras are arguably even harder to deal with. They're like little razor blades down there. Yeah. So there's the worm. What what is, can you do? You want to talk about the brand or the color I, I, or what the not, deal? Not for any reason other than I've had a couple other plastic sponsors nice enough to pay me, and this one hasn't ever. But it's a, it's a thick rib. <laughs> tail you can get it in florida most people will recognize it when i say florida i just uh as 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 uh, it, it's the first time i've had a chance to do something good for a bait company and i wish that i caught them on a bondy bait or a venom lure daggone it <laughs> <laughs> well, well that was uh that was a june bug color was that the color you were using it was, but uh, it, it, I don't know that it mattered. In practice, I started running low on June bug, and I went to some secondary colors, and they bit them just fine. Wow. Uh, I really believe we put a lot more into color than we should. A lot of times in practice, I have to go to secondary colors uh, prior to the tournament, so I don't run out. And it really seems like action and, and shape and profile is more important than color. I would have to agree with you. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I feel that way, Bridget. Like color's lowest on my priority list of importance, just like Charlie said. It's it can be the most important thing, but you know, most most days it's more about you know presentation. depth, presentation, you I know, think shape. It comes into play more in really clear water, and that tidal water is not really clear water. Nah, mm -hmm. that is some dirty water to James. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Brian, do you, I want to do a trivia question with Charlie while I got him on the have at it because I got I want to ask him some questions uh, about this because it, it it there's no way I could do what you do, Charlie. It would make me insane. So um the uh, the here here's the trivia question. What's the prize for the trivia question? Uh, Mr. Tackle Box. This beautiful black box. Oh, I want a fishing trip with Mike Iconelli. <laughs> <laughs> to we're, fish the same dock. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. Right we're after I get him to live in my house for a couple days. <laughs> There's a big line, Charlie. Get in line. <laughs> well, well, well. This was this was interesting. Uh, on stage, Chris Bowes, the uh, MC for the Opens, um, he said he can count on Charlie. You're gonna brag on me. Are you? Well, no, he said he is. He is always at the way or at the takeoff two and a half hours before the takeoff begins. You're always the first one there. Are you insane, Charlie? What are you doing up that hour? I I'm insane. I, I ruined the I ruined the question. Didn't I? I <laughs> you said, just gave the answer, dummy. Charlie, how many hours do you sleep a night then? As I've gotten older, I just go to bed real early. How uh, many cups of coffee? When I was coffee? young, I really needed no sleep, just like your husband. But I've I've been trying to warn him. Age will. Uh, 
mellow him whether he likes it or not and he will need more sleep it, it's uh, one of the biggest uh, handicaps I've had is requiring sleep one of my greatest advantages in the world was never being smarter or brighter than anyone it's I could work 20 22 hours a day um, but now I'm more immortal but uh, I get up really <laughs> early for a couple reasons uh, I cannot wait in lines I do not wait in lines and uh, nothing's worse than waiting to launch a boat for a tournament, so I just can't deal with that, so I go real early and wow. launch. <laughs> Charlie, do you go to theme parks? Is that like off the no, list? No, I don't go to theme that... parks. I, I, I am the most one-dimensional person in the world. I mostly just fish. How about food shopping? You know, you and Mike are food like, shopping. like I feel like I'm talking to Mike right now. Mike cannot stand to wait in line. He hates theme parks. He he always says like he doesn't feel like he's the most skilled angler, but he'll put in the time. That's what Charlie just said. Mm-hmm. Put in the extra time. Yeah, but Mike's never early to anything. There's a lot. He's of, not early to anything in our lives, but fishing he is. Well, he's never late to the boat ramp. He's never late to the That's boat the ramp. the only thing he's But he is late for. to everything else in life. Agreed. I'm sorry, old man. You're watching, probably. <laughs> was there a question in there, Pete? Yeah, the, I know. Yeah, what I was the it. trivia? I know. Pete, go ahead and tell. The trivia question was going to be, how many hours prior to takeoff does Charlie Hartley show up? And I gave it away. So I, you can't I, even ask the question correctly. I, Good thing yeah. you can catch fish. I know. I know. I'm in the wrong job. That's why he's that's usually true. the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We got a backup for later, Pete. Yeah. We forgot. Hey, I hey, hope I, Mike does I lost great my audio this here, week. Uh, and... and uh, He's done awful good up there before. I just wish I was there with him. It has killed me this year not being at the elites. I know, Charlie. It's weird not having you out there. Oh, thank you. But you, nobody thinks of me when I'm gone. I, that's one thing about the elites. And bless your hearts, I love you all, and I know you all miss me. But it is so busy and so hectic. Daggone it, you hardly notice when people don't show up the next year. I hate to say that, but you hardly notice. I think the wives do because we kind of keep tabs on everybody, especially, you know, everyone who, you know, the wives can't be out there. So believe me, Charlie, we know. Now, I want to ask Charlie a question because this is probably something that nobody knows. Charlie, what do you do for a living outside of fishing? I own a a business uh, called SignCom, and we design, manufacture, and install signs. We do a lot of shopping centers, banks, restaurants, and even that's related to fishing, Becky. I found SignCom through fishing, believe it or not. It's a great little story. I oh, just, do you want I to just, hear it? Do yeah. we have time to tell it? Yes, yeah. but I always thought that was impressive when I found out that Charlie like owned his own business and had the time to be out and go on fish. the elites. Like that's yeah. that's amazing to be able to do both those. Well, so that's because he doesn't sleep more well, than yeah, two that's hours. Right. Yeah, and he's early. But I'm yeah, I'm in. I'm interested in in how how did this? How did you find this business through fishing? Well, like your husband, I started fishing when I was old enough to hold a rod, and I was in a bass club when I was a young little punk and. Uh, after a few years in the bass club, I was the cockiest guy in the bass club, probably just like your husband. And uh, I was Mr. Bass of the club. And we had a well-to-do guy get in the club, um, and he wanted to be friends with me because I could catch fish. And we started hanging out. And I spent a weekend with him, and it was a great weekend. He had a nice motor home, and he said, "Let's go do that again next weekend." And I explained to him I worked at McDonald's and I made 150 bucks a week, and I could only afford to have a weekend like that about once a year and he said well we need to get you a job where you make more money and I thought well that's a nice idea I like that idea 
And uh, he said, I haven't let on. Uh, back in the day, Pete will attest to this, bass fishing was a blue-collar man's sport, and everyone in the club was a factory worker, and he didn't want to let on that he was a commercial shopping center developer. And he mentioned to me that just the other day, the guy who does his signs couldn't get any good help at all. And he goes, I don't know you very well, but I'll introduce you to the guy. So I went and met with the guy, and he offered me a job at 200 bucks a week, which looked a lot better than McDonald's. I wasn't going to have to clean up grease behind the fryer, and I was making a little more money. Long story short, I went to work for a guy, didn't know anything about signs, didn't know anything about sales. Uh, but just like in fishing, I was the first one there every morning. I showed up every day, and uh, I kept trying harder and harder. And uh, long story short, he eventually started approaching me about buying the business, and I told him I didn't want to own a business. I'd saved all the money he was paying me, and I was going to go be a bass pro and live in the back of my truck and eat bologna sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, he was getting worried because locally I was doing pretty well. I had a couple of years locally. I won like sixty or $70,000, and bass fishing was getting pretty popular. And he thought I might actually go off and be a bass pro. And uh, the guy was such a class act, it wasn't until he couldn't hide his health problems anymore. He was full of cancer at a young age, and he asked me on his deathbed if I'd reconsider buying the business. And uh, it was the opportunity of a lifetime, but I thought I was signing away my bass fishing dream. I really thought I had just signed away to conform with society and wear a suit and tie, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be like Mike Iaconelli and all my heroes, and uh, <laughs> it ended up being the way that I could be like Mike Iaconelli. So it's a really great uh, wonderful american dream story without sign calm uh, i'd even be uh skinnier than i am if i had to live off my fishing winning so thank goodness for sign calm it allows me to chase your husband and kevin van dam around the country and, and pursue my passion that's awesome that's a great story it, it is, is. A, it's an amazing story and sometimes he's, when he says your husband i think he's talking to me He's kind of both of our husbands. <laughs> I feel like he's everyone in this room's husband. I'll well, share him. Your husband. Yeah. You guys have been together a long time. I guess, you guys I have been together that, longer than we have. I mean, true. Brian, I guess you're the longest standing husband. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He never gives me grade. any anniversary gifts or anything, though. Do, do you want to get married to him no. every year? Nope. Becky, no. Mike and I started fishing almost the same time at the Invitationals, and the first time I was ever on TV when I did well, him and Kevin Van Dam were in the boat together on TV. I still have that videotape. <laughs> wow. That's wow. That's precious videotape. Your husband was such a goofball back then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I he know looked weirder. Is. He looked weirder He definitely back looked then. weirder. Yeah, I mean, he's still the he same odd personality, but his... His looks were just... Yeah. He was scary looking. Oh, the 80s, like the 80s look? He scared this little Midwest guy. Oh, 90s. Well, 90s, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, now, well, it's, I, well, Charlie, uh, here's what's going on. You're talking about stepping down off the elites. Guess what? Yeah. You're back with the big boys yeah. in the 2017 Classic, awesome. swinging for the big prize. Yeah. That's how does that feel? You got to be so excited about that. Uh, you know, how does it feel to be back in the big show? 
you know how exciting that classic was for me. Everyone thinks I won that classic. They forget out and did all the coverage and media I got out of that. So you know I'm excited to go into another one. I just hope it's not any climatic, and it won't be for lack of preparation. I will move to Conroe in the next few weeks once Champlain's done. I will, I will know Conroe better than any guy in the tournament. I will not be the best angler at the Classic, but I will be the one that is most prepared, and that almost won Hartwell for me, and we'll see what it happens at Conroe. Wow. I can't wait. The lake's full of big fish. It's loaded with docks, and we're there at a great time of the year. Man, well, Charlie, congratulations yeah. on your great yeah. win and your classic, uh, you know, qualification. I mean, we're gonna. We're, I love pulling for you, and I'm gonna be pulling for you down at the classic, and I'll be seeing you at Champlain in a couple weeks, and that'll be my last stab at trying to get my classic ticket. But feel I, free to share any of those mega schools with me, Pete. You know what good friends we are. You can help me out. Don't help Ike out any. <laughs> well, we'll certainly touch base, and maybe maybe we'll have some more of that fried chicken up there at Champlain again this yeah. year. We'll put, yeah, we'll put my trophy on the table this time. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's awesome. That would be awesome. Congratulations to you and Tracy. And uh, for those people that want to follow Charlie Hartley, Facebook, Twitter, social media, website, what do you got going on? I got just me. Uh, I've never spent a lot of time marketing Charlie Hartley, so really Bassmasters does a great job for me. I got a Facebook page, but it's not active, but I love all the comments. The comments and the feedback and the accolades after this win have been better than the trophy. Pete, you know as well as I do, words of praise from your peers mean the world in this game, and it's been a great week, man. Well, awesome. You, awesome. You, you deserve awesome. every bit of it. That was a very difficult tournament you won, and congratulations again. Good luck at the Classic. Thank you so much for carving out a little time to talk with us tonight, buddy. Oh, thank yeah. you for having me. I really enjoyed doing this stuff. Thank you. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. Great Charlie Hartley. Great. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was an amazing, uh, a couple amazing stories. Number one yeah. is business, yeah. how, how that came about. Uh, I, I didn't know, know the story, that. how he got into it. I just always thought it was impressive that he like owned his own company and managed to come out and fish the elites because it's so time consuming mm -hmm. to be They're on the gone, road. What nine nine months out of the year, possibly? Yeah, or? I mean you're at least gone six. Wow. I mean, but you have so many in a row where mm -hmm. there's only like a week between. Well, you're traveling. You don't get to get home. I mean, that's that's hard. Not to mention, I mean, the obvious financial burden yeah. that is, uh, has been lifted from his shoulders. And, and I, I loved what he said. Like, he was going to live out of the back of his truck, invest everything he had saved into, into the elites. And instead, he invested everything he saved into a business. Which wound up taking care of his elites and taking kids the watching, off. kids watching. We want you to pay attention to yeah. that. That's a that's a subtle what, what is, distinction. What is prepped for but, the next uh, screen? I'm scared. Is that, the, uh, what was that? Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I said another Charlie Hartley. Oh, no, like, <laughs> Did you want us to take a break? Was that a song? Maybe I, you wanted yes. to play. Yeah, I think uh, we take a quick one. We got I got a quick song here. Take a quick break. Come back to Mike, right? Yep. Come back, Mike. Guys, We're good. Talk Ike Foundation. We're gonna press them to see what happened at the MLF. We want to know first here on the Ike Live show. Break uh, news. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ike Live.
feel at home The further I'm away And all that I feel is pain Count me, count me Call my name Don't leave me out in shame Crimson tears falling in my shirt in the devil's forever in my veins. Yeah.